What's up everybody, it's your girl Miracle B and welcome to Truly Be You Tifo Podcast. Thanks for listening, stay tuned. Alright, hello everybody, my name is Miracle Deja and you're listening to Truly Beautiful Podcast. As always, it's lovely to see you all and hear you all again. And so uh, I have two special guests here, Aaliyah Janae and Mr. Edmund Moore. Feel free to um, introduce yourselves, whoever wants to go first. I'll go first. Hello everyone, my name is Aaliyah Janae. I am also a podcaster. I have a podcast called Monolithic, the podcast. And I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you for having me as a panelist. Absolutely, Mr. Moore. Hello, my name is Edmund Moore. I'm a program manager, engineer, works for uh, the government, for the Air Force as a civilian. And uh, just recently uh, wrote a book. Wow, what's the title of the book? Title of the book is What They Fought Is Love. 52 weekly letters to my beloved daughters. Wow, that sounds amazing. I can't wait to get into that a little bit later in the show. And it's lovely to have you all on today. Um, For the listeners, I don't think I mentioned what this week's topic is about because I wanted to surprise you all. Um, But this is our first panel and we will be talking about what it means to be black. If you follow trulybeautiful.pc on Instagram, you already know that was the topic because I posted it on there. But for those of you who don't follow, make sure you do follow so you can know all the updates to come up with. So we're gonna just get right into this topic and whoever wants to answer the question first from your perspective, uh, just tell me about maybe some experiences you've had and, and what has shaped your notion of what it means to be black. Um, I'll go first. Um, I think that Being black has always been something that I was raised to be very proud of. I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri, and I went to African-centered schools my whole life. My first time being around in a predominantly white space was about two years ago, and I'm currently 25 years old. So just imagine 23 years of my life, I've been around people who look like me. I've been around people who, um, of every facet, from like a janitor to the highest level, like I've seen all types of blackness. And I'm very proud of that. Um, And I realized that my experience is very unique in comparison to others. And it's something that I didn't realize was a privilege. Like things that I've known since I was six, people are now learning and growing. So Mm -hmm. for me, being black is more just like, we are the originators of a lot of things. Right. You know, there's (laughs) something to value, to be proud about, to see as worthy and powerful. And unfortunately, like, the people who don't like us see our power and that's what they want to take from us. And I yes. just tell people to always, you know, take back your power because you are very powerful. I think that blackness is limit limitless. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many things we can do. We are a very diverse group of people. Right. Multifaceted, we're dynamic, all those amazing things. And so I don't want us to always internalize the negative things about ourselves. Right. So, I don't want us to constantly perpetuate, you know, mm-hmm. stereotypes. Yeah. Um, because we're much more than that. Just to say right. that the black experience is one thing, that's not true, you know? Right. And another thing to be black for me is um, we just being innovative and creative. Like no matter what roadblocks, what barriers, what obstacles we have, we are very resilient and we always find a way out of no way. Like my mom always say, make a way out of no way. <laughs> and so, Absolutely. Just being resourceful. 
you got to be resourceful. And so that's kind of what I think about blackness is we're dynamic, we're powerful, and we need to understand and love that about ourselves. Absolutely. I love that. Um, Mr. Moore, go ahead and chime in. Um, well, I guess being black in society is, is always recognizing that you are black. Uh, because society always reminds you <laughs> that you are black. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but I had a, my, my, uh, I'm not 25, uh, so I'm a little bit older than that. Uh, and my experience is, is different. Uh, when I was born and raised, I was raised in the South, and I was fortunate to be in a town that was 50% white, 50% black. Oh, wow. And although we were separated by railroad tracks, we got along pretty well. Mm -hmm. But when I started going to school, my first two years of school was in an all-segregated school. So I experienced all black principals, all black teachers, all black classes. Right. Then the transition. So I got to see both sides of the story. Right. The segregated side, the integrated side. Right. And I know that we were a lot more together as a community then. Um, standards were higher. And as we got integrated in, as, as uh, Martin Luther King said, I, I don't know if I've integrated us into a burning house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did experience that. And even when I went to college, I went to Florida and University, which was a HBCU. Nice. Uh, and from there, I went to uh, primarily uh, white institutions, MIT, which was very white. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's a big difference between Boston and, and Cambridge, mm -hmm. Mass. Tucson's uh, down to uh, Gainesville, University of Florida. So I got to experience, uh, I guess, uh, different uh, perspectives of being black. Right. And so I, I, I agree with that. I am 23 years old and I have always lived in rural areas. I'm from New York originally and then I moved down to Virginia don't know why but <laughs> moved down to Virginia <laughs> and I was surrounded by predominantly black people at one point surrounded by predominantly white people at one point it just depended on the area that I was in and so from um, pre-k to fifth grade I'll say it was predominantly white and then from sixth grade all the way up until I graduated I was in predominantly black schools um, my teachers however were all white which is interesting because I was telling somebody the other day I said I've only ever had one black professor my whole life <laughs> and that says a lot to me and so it's funny because I never actually pictured myself going into the education field but now I am an educator in the Dallas Independent School District and I'm like I feel as though we need more representation that was what uh, the last episode was about and just more black representation because to me black is powerful like you said it's beautiful it's unity it's excellence it's medicine it's melanin <laughs> like you know it's just a lot and we like you said we are originators of a lot of things and i think um it's about time that we start uplifting our culture because for so long our culture has been oppressed and you know some people kind of just took the oppression and ran with it rather than kind of uh manipulating it to defeat the norm so i just think black is very unique and people just need to embrace themselves whether it's 
how you wear your hair because lord knows we have a whole bunch of different hairstyles how you wear your hair how you speak the um ethnic way you talk however you dance uh, just how you express yourself in general should not be looked down upon because at the end of the day it comes from the beautiful motherland of africa and we we love it we uplift it it's different and it's exotic and like you said people are mad because you know, hey, we're powerful. And we got that sauce. Okay, <laughs> period. <laughs> and so I just, I appreciate both of you, uh, your views, especially coming from a black male perspective and a black female perspective. And you know the different age ranges because uh it just goes to show that even though we are different we still have some type of unique and united perspective of our culture and it's just really nice to see and hear and for other people to hear so they can feel encouraged and inspired by this conversation um so i will say, I will say one I have one thing mm -hmm. my uh white colleagues they think that we make up about 40, 50 percent of the society. Wow. Which is which is really a problem. And right. that's why we are viewed as a threat because they think it's so many of us. <laughs> and I tell them, I say, no, we are really about 12, 13 percent exactly. of the population. And they don't believe that. <laughs> so they think we're taking all the jobs and that kind of thing. And one thing I one thing I always observed is that it's not enough of us to populate all the areas we need to be in. We don't, have enough, we don't have enough uh, people to be in industry across the board, to be in business, to be right. in education. There's not enough of us to really populate right. those areas. Right. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. It seems like there's so many of us because, you know, we're just very outgoing and spirited individuals we kind of take over anything and dominate anything that we do and so it seems like there's more of us but at the end of the day we like you said we make up a very uh, minute part of the population and i feel like even though we make up such a, a small percentage of the population if we would you know come together and reunite and build our own businesses and uh, somebody else just added me to a group and was like let's rebuild black wall street i think we could just take over the world honestly <laughs> um so go ahead Alina. yeah i was thinking like i don't know if i necessarily agree with the fact that we are such a small portion i mm -hmm. think that's what they want us to believe mm. because you know on the census we there's a lot of issue between what is a race what is ethnicity what is nationality mm. and we are always in conflict with that and so there's a lot of people who choose to be other although they right. are black right and so i always think about those categorizations because that kind of messes up, messes us up mm -hmm. because sometimes we don't know what that means because our names have been changed so much right so I understand what everyone is saying, but I'm also just offering another perspective of maybe yeah. it is more of us. We just don't know. Or they <laughs> we just don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's well, very true. Well, it's because of lack of resources in the communities where we need the resources. If people decide that they're not, they're other and they're not black, we don't get the resources. Right. Uh, that's absolutely true. And I, I'm guilty of it. I always mark other on on my <laughs> on my uh, applications and sheets because, and, and that's for two reasons. First of all, I am mixed. I'm Puerto Rican and black, so I always I, I never know what to put because people always label me a certain way. And to me, I'm not a label. I'm a human. Like I'm human. Right. I'm the human race. So don't put me into a category. So I check other. And then the other reason is because for most people, as you know, whenever you check that black box in certain 
areas, they'll be like, oh, we're just gonna put that application to the side. So it, it, it's a twofold reason for why I check other. However, now I think just depending on what I'm filling out, like the census, yeah, I'm gonna click at African-American or whatever. But for a very long time, I always was almost not scared, but almost um, confused because I never knew I, I just didn't know like the, the America always just puts in all these stipulations and labels and I don't have time for that <laughs> like at the end of the day I just don't yeah that's a great point I think um again going back to nationality ethnicity and race mm -hmm. those are things that we need to like know definitions of because I think that would help a lot of people understand how um the United States sees us you right know? so like if you were born and raised in the U.S., that's your that's your nationality. Right. This is the nation that you live in. Um, your race is black, mm -hmm. and then you have ethnicity. That can be your Puerto Rican side, or if you're Haitian, right. or other things like that. And so I always tell people who are um, in like multiracial, mm -hmm. multi-ethnic, like embrace all of you because at the end of the day, that makes you you. Right. I don't want you to feel like you have to join the black side because, <laughs> or whatever. Like, right. I want you to be yourself because. You know, I can learn from you. There's things that you know about the world that I absolutely can't even see because I don't have your perspective. Right. And I would love to have that. And so, again, like, there's no one way to be black. There's no right. one way to to show who you are and whatever. Like, I just want people to express themselves and be yes. comfortable in their own skin, regardless of um, labels and other identities that they may hold. Exactly. And I love that point because I, I literally tell everybody all the time when I have conversations like this, because, you know, I'm, I consider myself a radical. I go against the grain on a lot of topics and I'm like, you know what? It's okay. I don't, I like to hear people's perspectives. I'm not one to fight somebody. I'm a lover, not a fighter. So I just, I want debate. I want constructive communication. I want to hear your side. And so I always tell people like, regardless at the end of the day, after the conversation is said and done, we are humans. And that's that. I don't care what color you see. I don't care what ethnicity you see. I don't care what religion you see. We are human, period. <laughs> and so that uh, brings me into the next topic of how do you all feel we can improve in our own community? Ah, I love this question. <laughs> I think that um, sometimes we have to sm start small. Sometimes we're like, we want to approach the bigger stuff. And I'm like, honestly, it starts with self. How are you mm -hmm. educating yourself? We can't rely on our education system to educate us about ourselves. Because right. they have failed that for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so just start with you. Like, what are you doing? Are you, When you see another black person in the store are you me mugging them or are you saying hello how are you doing I'm right well be blessed or are you like start with yourself and making sure that you're living how you like live the life that you want to see in mm -hmm. a sense um so i think start with self and then we can start in our community then we can just keep going up levels because if we can't come together on a small thing we mm -hmm. can't come together at a larger scale right that's great mr moore well uh I approach the community in about three different perspectives. One is from work. I uh, try to make sure that we get women and minorities uh, into positions at work, hire on. That's one avenue. Mm -hmm. Another one is through my church. Mm -hmm. um, I have a diverse church, church, even though we are a we're in a African American community. We have a 
from my perspective for people in the church. Right. And then in the community, I work with a group called Parity Inc. We look at the socioeconomic uh, development of the African-American communities in the city of Dayton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. So we look at it from economic development, we look at it from education, and we look at it from, um, you know, services, uh, healthcare, right. those kind of things. Right. And, and we advocate as well. So we've advocated against uh, predatory lending. Mm -hmm. um, we have advocated against uh, discrimination in the media, mm -hmm. where if it leads, it bleeds. If it, if it leads, it bleeds, or it's a, it's a fire, or it's, it's crime, and how they how they show uh, African Americans and other minorities uh, always in the negative, mostly in negative situations in the right. media. Right. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, Mr. Moore, you brought up a great, great, great point of how we have to approach it from multiple perspectives. Like, we are being targeted from multiple perspectives, whether <laughs> right. it's through food or through air, through education, through so many things. <laughs> and so it's important to know that everyone has a place. Like, everyone can be in the front line at a protest. Mm -hmm. We need our educators. We need our, our journalists. We need other people doing different things. And so, Mr. Moore, thank you for that perspective. That was very important. Absolutely. And I completely agree. And I think um, that's something I love when people encourage all resources and all services because at the end of the day we we do say black lives matter right we say this and so it's important for people to say all black lives matter in all areas whether you're a teacher a doctor a lawyer a police officer where whatever your profession is whatever your niche is use it to the best of your ability to make a difference in a positive way use your um sorry y'all somebody keeps messaging me but um, use it to speak up and speak out against these injustices and improve your community um one thing that i do um i'm all like i said i'm an educator but i'm also a social worker and so they coincide very well <laughs> and I'm, I'm just so happy i actually for whatever reason stumbled upon this profession because I had no idea that this is where I would end up. I was thinking I was going to be a clinical psychologist up in somebody's grand old building minding my business. <laughs> and now I'm over here with two podcasts educating students and so, uh, advocating for people through social work. And I'm like, oh, this is this is my calling. This is what I've meant to be. I've been meant to do. And so I think just encouraging people to know that you don't have to like you said be on the front lines to change you can privately email senators privately email your local officials go to um i forgot i don't know what they call it in each state I but call I, apps. yes exactly exactly and then um i know some people are starting to do like the police and kids and getting them together just so they can um talk with one another and not be fearful of each other. So attend those um, conversations, start your own conversation, start your own movement. I always encourage people, whatever way you feel like you can get involved, please do because your voice matters, black lives matter, all black lives matter. I'm not discriminating LGBT, uh, female, male, children, all black lives matter, period. So. However you feel like you can help, like my personal passion is children, so I'm always focused on children, not to dismiss anything else, but because I feel like if you grasp the young mind, 
they, you know, okay, you already feel where I'm going with that. <laughs> like it starts <Yes>. young. <laughs> and so I just feel like, okay, let me, let me get a hold of you now. So you don't have to suffer through what some of us have suffered through. So you can learn now and not make the same mistakes that we did. So I, I completely That's agree. Speaking of that, our biggest program was mentoring. We were mentoring uh, fourth through sixth grade youth and all the money dried up in that arena. Wow. They took all the money out of mentoring. Wow. Said it wasn't important anymore. So. That's, that's crazy. That's unfortunate because mentoring is such a huge, huge way to make a difference, especially in the lives of youth. Like I, I know so many mentoring programs, even in my personal life, like I don't know where I would be without the mentoring programs. I was always in like performing arts types of um, mentoring programs. And that helped me personally have my own outlet. And now I have this voice and I don't know how to shut up. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm appreciative of it because I used to be a very, very shy, very, you know, okay, the world's in chaos. I'm just gonna sit back and, you know, I'm hurting over it, but I don't know how to do anything. And now I'm like, okay, what you gotta say? <laughs> and so that's why we're having this discussion today. And so my last question to the both of you would be, how can we encourage people who may have been like me or you or whatever, who may feel like they lack the courage to fight against injustices? And what advice do you have um, to fight against injustice? Like what are some ways we can fight against injustice? I would say one of the things I told my my eldest daughter, who's now 18, mm -hmm. was when she, a couple of years ago, she said she was a uh, community activist. And I told her, that's fine, but make sure you educate yourself on what you're fighting for. Absolutely. Know what you're fighting for. Don't just go out and just follow <laughs> any of that. Right. That, that's the first thing. I don't mind your passion, but know what you're fighting for. Absolutely. I agree. Because, you know, ignorance is bliss. And sometimes I we follow the wrong trends. <laughs> now, I heard feedback. Okay. Like, I haven't heard, like, the speaker started getting weird. So I'm like, oh, is okay. everything okay? Yeah, I heard that too. That's why I had stopped for a second because I was like, hold on. <laughs> Can you repeat that last part that you said, Mr. Moore? Oh. Uh, I said that uh, know, what you're, know what you're fighting for. I don't mind your passion for going out to be a, an activist and uh, fight what's right, but you, you have to, you just can't follow anybody. Right. Thank you. Definitely. Um, to add on to that, I think that it's important to create meaning for yourself. So, like, you may perceive something very differently than someone else. And I want people to continue to write about it, like write your feeling down. That helps um, helps you express and you don't keep all your feelings bottled up. So like channel your anger and your frustration, your yes. pain and your hurt through writing, through music, through whatever art form. Read, a, read more, read about things that you don't necessarily agree with. Just yes. because you agree with something. I have to ask myself, am I only reading something to validate my perspective or am I <laughs> a true learner and trying to learn something else and how someone else thinks. Right. So maybe like change your mindset a little bit um, about um, who and what you're reading so you can get like a more well-rounded perspective. Mm -hmm. And then again, continue to create your own like meaning for yourself. How I perceive something, how I internalize, how I process things, 
and how I comprehend may be very different from the next person. So right. do what you need to do for yourself. And that's something that I will say, you know, so right. I just recap of, right? Express yourself however that looks, whatever mm-hmm. avenue, whether it's writing, music, art, um, read all things, even if you don't agree with it, just see what other people are saying. Right. You get to learn about people's coded language. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, if you read things you don't agree with, you're like, hmm, they said that word. What does that word mean? <laughs> and now you're like, oh, okay. Next time I hear you say that, I know. What I you're know, exactly. About. <laughs> <laughs> and then, again, create meaning for yourself. Yes, absolutely. And I love that so much because um, I always encourage my listeners if. If y'all know and been following me since the beginning, y'all know I always encourage creativity. And um, I, I, like I said, I'm a part of performing arts. I founded an organization solely based for performing arts. And so the way I express myself is through podcasting and through dance and through writing and through modeling and all that stuff because it speaks volumes. Like people think art doesn't speak volumes, but it really, really does. Sorry, y'all, my... Uh, bandwidth is acting up can you hear me miracle you was paging out on us sorry hold on okay let me do this okay i'm back can you hear me yes okay (laughs) and so um i'm a huge advocate for performing arts and all that stuff because people really think that art doesn't speak volumes when it does. It does so much for somebody's mental health. It does so much for others who who see it. It speaks volumes to somebody's heart, mind, soul, like however you interpret it. It it has so many different interpretations. And so I'm so glad that you said uh, be creative and, and create a name for yourself because you can't let other people create a name for you. And that's how we end up in situations like this where people are telling you that you're nothing or you're telling you that you can't be good enough or telling you that you'll never amount to anything. If you continue to believe that, then you're going to be stagnant. And so. And honestly, like art has been like the core of navigating COVID-19. Like just imagine we don't have social media or different platforms. Like art has been so essential in us dealing with today's time. So art is very important. Absolutely. And um, yeah, so I just, I appreciate you all's perspective and I just want to close out real quick um, with uh, Mr. Moore and your book. Can you tell us about your book? (laughs) Uh, sure. Uh, well, unfortunately, about uh, five, six years ago, uh, my wife filed for divorce. And uh, so I was worried about losing custody of my daughters. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a, I started writing letters to them one a week on a various topic. So they would get to know who I was. Mm. So I'd write a letter uh, about a topic, give a reflection in the letter, and then tell them something about me. So I did it for 52 weeks. Then I bound it up in a book for them mm-hmm. and had it printed on Amazon, three copies, their own personal copy of the book and wow. copy for me. But then people who uh, heard about it said, why don't you make the book available to everybody? Right. So then I go back and make the book available to everybody. So I published, published the book. Wow. That's awesome. And can you just tell the listeners one more time where they can find it and what the name of the book is? Uh, the name of the book is uh, 
with a father's love, 52 weekly letters to my beloved daughters. And it's uh, by Dr. Edmund H. Moore, and you can find it on uh, Amazon, Kindle, or Bonds the Noble. Awesome. I love that. Aaliyah, do you have any last words? Um, thank you for the opportunity. I really love being here today and also talking to you and getting to know you as well, Mr. Moore. Um, podcasts are important. Get your voice out. Be heard. Um, I also have a podcast called Monolithic the Podcast. Yes. Please listen to it. Um, we talk about the diversity within Black experiences and validating each other's Blackness. Hence why I was so excited to be here today. <laughs> and um, what else? I hula hoop. I am. Uh, uh, I love to hula hoop. So I have a, a a Facebook group called Black Girl Hula. So check me out if you want to move around and not be so stagnant during COVID. I love that. And do you also have an Instagram page that the people can follow you on? Yes, uh, for my podcast, you can follow it at Monolithic the Podcast, and for personal, um, Aaliyah J. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. And be beautiful listeners, as always, you know, it's been real. You can follow me on three different platforms. I have my personal, which is yours underscore truly. I have my business page, which is Trooper LLC. And then, of course, you all know the podcast page, which is truly beautiful.pc. <laughs> yes. And it was beautiful talking with both of you all. Thank you so much for being so willing and so open and vulnerable uh, to have this conversation. And I will be in touch. Uh, believe that I love uplifting and connecting and networking with people. So <laughs> thank you so much. Well, thank you as well. Yeah. Nice to meet both of you. what's up everybody it's your girl miracle deja and we're back with two special guests paul and brandon would you just say hello to the people and tell us a little bit about yourselves whoever wants to go first don't let paul go first <laughs> okay, I would I would love to go first, man. First of all, Miracle, thank you so much for using your platform to lift up other people. So a major shout out to you. Um, my name is Paul Calcote. I bring you greetings from Houston, Texas, and I have a podcast as well called Real People, Real Talk. And basically, it's you know it's relevant conversations that will encourage and empower you to be all that God has called you to be. I'm talking about fitness, relationships, finances. And this is a show that goes there, and we keep it 100, but from a Christian worldview. So that's just a little bit about me. Absolutely. What's up, everybody? I'm bringing love from the East Coast with the Inspiration with Brendan podcast. I'm also new to the game, and I'm just so excited to be connected with other podcasters like yourselves. My podcast is really focusing on um, two aspects of an individual profile, the testimony as well as the day-to-day. Um, so bringing both the church and the world together in an inspiring way, I think that's my own spin, and mm-hmm. um, I would love to bring you guys on my journey as well. So check it out every Tuesday and Sunday on the Inspiration with Brendan podcast. Okay, okay. I see we all have common interests here. My um, platform is also Christian-based, so um, okay. a lot of what I say to the <laughs> people awesome. is based yeah. off of, of course, my my faith, but also from, I'm a social worker and an educator, so I kind of mm. mix my faith with my career as well. And so I love that we all have that 
ultimate goal in mind. So welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to have you all on the show. Um, Houston, I'm in Dallas. So okay, you right up the street. <laughs> yes, okay. And right. I'm, I'm in Houston often. So whenever I'm there, I'll let you know. Okay. But I came from the East Coast. So I'm kind of, yes. you know, I'm, I'm all around. Um, okay. So we're just going to hop right into this topic of what does it mean to be Black? Whoever wants to take it away first, be my guest. Man, that is a can of worms. Like, what does it mean to be Black in America? Yes. I'm going to get right to it. Being Black in America partly is, looks like this, having a conversation with my mom. Mm -hmm. And when we get off the, right before we get off the phone, she's like, what you about to do? I said, I'm about to go walk in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And she tells me to be safe. Like, in what world right. does your mom have to tell you to be safe right. yeah. just because you're going walking in the neighborhood? And right. she encouraged me, like, although I'm, I'm grown, she was like, I know you're grown, but if you can, go walk at a public park. Mm-hmm. Man, being, being Black in America, I mean, go keep it 100. It's, you know, not learning about your history in school. Like, right. I, I'm just now hearing about Juneteenth. I'm just now hearing about Black Wall Street yep. and like I'm upset about that like why y'all didn't tell me about that sooner exactly and yes <laughs> and you know I'm kicking over the brand I will give everything all at one time but yeah. man being black is also it's a privilege like yes. with all of this beautiful melanin that we have and I like the, okay <laughs> I like to say it like this we have been kissed by the sun absolutely and it's s-o-n and s-u-n mm. and so i'm that black works. and i'm proud and and real briefly man there's a shift going on i don't know if y'all feel it but there's a shift going on mm-hmm. there's like people and organizations making these changes yeah. and we can't be offended that they're you know they're late to the party right. uh, but we got to steward this moment well because our voices have been amplified mm-hmm. for example my church has asked me to be on stage a little bit more wow. so i'm like okay that's cool but I'm also going to have some conversation about us getting Juneteenth off. And so that that's where I am right now. Right. So you're pushing for Okay, okay. So um, just to piggyback off of what Paul just mentioned, I am just really excited to be melanated. Um, and this is a great time to be melanated. You know what I'm saying? Fist up to everybody that is like us. Right. You know, it's not easy being black in America. I mean, let's get real with it. We do feel uncomfortable in certain situations when we're around our white counterparts. They could do something exactly the same way that we do it, but we get the side eye for doing something. And we're always going to be the person in the room that if we're with a lot of other white people, they're going to be looking at us to see if we have any criminal intentions. Right. So that profiling is always something that we feel kind of self-conscious about but um what's liberating about being black is the fact that we bring so much culture and flavor to the, to america i mean our food i mean let's get real like food right seasoning <laughs> season your food that's all i'm trying to say season your food and then everything will be okay but that's the gift that God has given us is the ability to cook, the ability right. to be um, entertainers. We do everything for this country. The country runs on black. Yeah. And I was looking on the, there was a <laughs> meme that I found on Facebook the other day that said, did you know that if you take African, African-Americans back to Africa, what will this country be left with? Nothing. Door knobs, you're taking doorknobs, you're taking Jiffy peanut butter back. You're taking everything 
everything. There would be nothing left in America if it went, went for Black people. That's true. So I just want to say we should feel like we're kings and queens, you yes. know? Yes, we did come from the motherland, and that's why we are originally kings and queens. Right. You know, that's the birthplace, the motherland. Right. And so just think, that's where we come from. So we should always carry that sense of pride in our back pocket and everything that we do. So kudos to everybody that's African-American. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So I think you both hit on really good points, especially with the profiling aspect and, you know, people giving us side eye a lot. And something yeah. like from my perspective, I was telling the panelists earlier um, how we were talking about like the, the boxes that we have to check, like African-American, white, Native American, other. And a lot of people check other. And I said, I'm guilty of checking other, not because I'm ashamed of being black, but because so many times like being in America you're often told what you are like you're often labeled there's always labels and I'm not one for labels I'm nothing but a human being that comes from the motherland that was birthed by Christ period that's good (laughs) and so I always check other because I'm also um I'm mixed as well I'm I'm Puerto Rican and black however and so growing up it was always me getting that side eye of, what are you? What do you mean, what am I? <laughs> okay, so you're a Boricua. Yes. <laughs> the fingers when you say that. Okay. Very feisty, very in your yeah. face, you know? But, but you know what? Even being a Boricua, you are, you are Black still. Thank you. And I try, I have that debate so much. <laughs> like, at this point, I'm tired of explaining myself. I am a Black woman. I'm proud being black means black pride black unity black melanin black medicine black excellence period like we are the culture we have founded a lot of what america is the the dances the music the hairstyles like you name it we have it we did it and people just want to be us and that's just that. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's in a nutshell i would definitely have to agree with you on that that we have built this country literally they brought us on ships they brought us on ships to this country to build this country right so yes we have done a lot and we still have not gotten our roses yet and i just don't understand why it's so difficult to treat us like human beings to see us as you know you're the people that helped you build this country Mm -hmm. I, i just don't get that you know we came here, we served, we sweat, we were beaten. You yes. know, we were stripped of our pride and our dignity over and over again. Yes. And here we are in a time where all this progress and change has been going forward ever since Martin Luther King was assassinated and we still are struggling. Right. And it's just, you know, it's time for things to change. And I think people want that change. We're all, I think George Floyd's protesting was a big wake up call to the whole country. We yeah. have never, even with Rodney King's situation, Mm-hmm. It did not hit the magnitude. It, 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 this hit a different way. Yeah. It hit differently. Something about this particular, I don't know if it was just us being at home. Right. And just being, I feel like a lot of us are on edge anyways because of the whole coronavirus situation. But yeah. something about this, I don't know if it was just time for it to happen, to explode the way it did. Yeah. But I'm curious to know what your you guys' thoughts are. And I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point. Absolutely. Paul, so, go ahead and take that one. Yeah, you, you raise a great question, man. I really think that it was a straw that broke the camel's back. Like, we've been dealing with this for so long, and I don't think it was just George Floyd only, but that was like, man, that was for Breonna Taylor. That's for take, uh, 
uh, Trayvon Martin. That was yeah. for Emmett Till. Like, we still crying over that. Yeah. And so, man, being black in America is also being tired. Like, I'm tired of hearing in America. Like, I saw one of your posts and you, I was like raising the fist up because <laughs> I'm tired of hearing things like black on black crime when it relates to police brutality. Like, why we can't hear white on white crime? Or why do we got to put a color with it? Because Thank statistics you. show that you are going to do crime with people that you're closest to. Thank and you. so we can throw out that whole myth of black on black crime. And man, okay, so yes, explaining that, and I had to do this recently. I made a post about how to fight against racism yeah. and somebody got offended over that. And like, I'm tired that I have to explain that speaking out against racism is not speaking out against white people. Right. It's speaking out against racism. Right. Okay? <laughs> or yes, or speaking, against, speaking out against police brutality is not speaking out against law enforcement. Right. It's speaking out against police brutality and it amazes me how people get offended and want to change the argument right yeah right you flip the script bro absolutely i completely agree with um the george floyd statement about this being the straw that broke the camel's back because i've I've literally been preaching that for so long i i leave i started the movement in my social work class because i they started listening to my podcast and just certain stuff that i had to say and i was like i'm just saying this made people forced, like they were forced to see this because like you said, we are at home, we are quarantined, COVID is running rampant. And so people are already angry and, you know, tired and tense. And so then you see this on the news and you have no choice but to see it because you're naturally watching the news to see when we can go back outside anyway. So now you're forced to see it and you're like, oh snap, this really does happen to people. Like this really is still a thing and so for a lot of people who weren't woke quote unquote are now woke because they're like oh my gosh I've been so into myself that I didn't realize like our people are still fighting we still don't have equity we still don't have equality and for me personally it touched home because I work in low resource schools and so I'm constantly fighting the battle of getting equal and equitable education for my students because they don't know anything like for real for real they don't know half the stuff that we know now at our age but like i just i don't understand the history is whitewashed there's no such thing as science in school anymore it's just math and reading i'm like that's not enough That is not enough. So being black is also being underprivileged sometimes in, in, in terms of government officials and hierarchies, because you always think that we're at the bottom of the totem pole when at the end of the day, we've been past y'all and we will continue to pass you because we are always building and always being resilient and always finding a way to make do and make it through. And we will always be successful because of that. So I, I like that you brought that up. Yeah, that's so good. There's a lot to unpack in what you just said, but it makes you really think, you know, how can we as Black people help each other? Maybe that's the conversation that we need to start having. And I hear hear it thrown around. Sometimes, you know, it comes and goes. Mm -hmm. But it's really time for us to be our own greatest resources because we cannot continue to look to our white counterparts to give us resources or give us the things that we can give ourselves. Exactly. And I think that's a big mistake that we've made over and over again. And it's now time to take our establishments into our own hand. Of course, mm-hmm. Black Wall Street happened, yes. But guess what? 
nothing can stop us. We're here. We're not going anywhere. Right. They tried to bomb us. They tried to, they're trying to shoot us. They're trying to shoot right. our young black men. But the reality is, is that we're not going anywhere. Absolutely. So while we're here, we're going to have to fight for our lives. We're going to have to fight, continue to fight against mm-hmm. systemic racism as long as we need to, you know? And uh, again, we're opening our doors, not to say that we're shutting our fight for justice Mm -hmm. just to the black community i would love to see more different people outside of our culture supporting us on this movement bring them in we want you to support us the more the merrier (laughs) but as far as you know being being um change agents we have to be the ones Mm -hmm. to take initiative and Mm -hmm. do it for ourselves i totally think that that's a solution bro you you speaking over there man one thing that i've that I've learned and and I'm loving to see is the the recent um, rise in solidarity among African Americans. Just this was the most melanated Juneteenth that I've seen on my yes. Facebook and my Instagram feed <laughs> in yeah, so long. And so that's one thing that I appreciate from this movement. We just got to keep fighting, man. And one thing just about being Black in America is, is when we hear this phrase like this is the first Black person to do mm-hmm. this or to do that. It's 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 conflicting for us because on one hand, like yes, the first Black person did it. Then the other part is like it's 2020. Like why? Why is this is just happening? <laughs> right. So exactly, just, you know, just dealing with this at different places, and then you know, being in Black in America also brings about you know dealing with this myth of diversity mm-hmm. because oftentimes we're included in the promo pictures. But we don't have a seat at the table. I'm just gonna let them marry me. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Facts. That yeah. is so facts. I can't you know, stand that because my school, my undergrad, not my grad, but in undergrad, they always wanted to take pictures of the minority, but never actually wanted to host our events, which annoyed me because I worked for the school so I was always pushing to have certain events and so one day something happened and they shut down all quote-unquote black events so anytime that we uh, proposed a black event they were like "Mm, no maybe not or maybe not with that DJ so they hired a white DJ instead and it was very controversial for a very long time so I had like people DMing me like hey if you want your voice heard then come to this uh, event and speak out eventually they kind of let up because they had no choice they had an all-black staff by the time i was a senior we we had an all-black staff they wasn't like (laughs) hey what you gonna do (laughs) you know yeah yeah, that that's a good point that's a very good point but also to your point about being black this is a great time to be black because now um that we've had so much shaking up in our culture today with George Mm -hmm. Floyd's situation and everything else, Breonna Taylor, Mm -hmm. I feel like now a lot of advertisers, they're going to be putting money into our voices because they know that they need our dollars. We consume so much. And when you think about it, you know, they're going to be stepping up to see how they can help us. Mm -hmm. You know, it might take some time, but um, I'm just curious to see how, you know, of course, like the Nikes and they've been saying, they've been making these statements. Yes to say that they support Black Lives Matter. Yes. And that for me, if my product that I like to consume, whether it be Adidas and they're, they're saying that it's okay to be mm-hmm. a Black life, 
that makes me feel good, yeah. you know, because these are big brands that are yeah. supporting yeah. us. And yeah. so there's just the first step that we can take as a as a country to continue to support Black lives by just making that message very clear Absolutely. that Black lives do matter because we do spend a lot of money in this country. So Absolutely. And to that point, I also want to add that, okay, a lot of people, I've been seeing this on Facebook too, and I'm about to run off in a tangent, so forgive me. Yeah. But, <laughs> Paul, you saw my, my, uh, my post. And so the reason that post came about is because basically uh not just the black on black crime statement but also because black lives matter yes i'm a, i'm pro black lives matter obviously but i also say all black lives matter because a lot of times uh they forget about black women they forget about black children they forget about lgbt not you know i'm just saying like they I have friends who are LGBT. I'm an ally. I, I'm a Christian because I, I love, I love, I don't have to support, yeah. you know, whatever, but I will stand with you and help yeah. you and be there for you because I have the love of God in my heart, period. I don't hate anybody. So for yeah. people to have hate crimes against LGBT and against children, against women, it, enough is enough, period. I don't yes. care what you are or what you identify as all black lives matter so don't you yes. go out there shooting and killing three uh 14 year old boys for what for what there's no reason there's no reason yeah. to be scared of a little boy playing with a water gun there's no reason mm. period so yeah. i always add all black lives matter because i think that's important for people to resonate with so they can finally understand like uh, in the at the end of my post, I put black men protect your black women, and vice versa. Black women, black parents protect your children, and allies stand up because if you're silent, you're promoting violence. Period. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We even talked about that yesterday, mm-hmm. last night. Paul, me and Paul talked about that. Um, you know, there was another one that I saw that is a different spinoff of Black Lives Matter, all mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter. Um, it was a shirt that I saw my friend wearing on Instagram that said, my Black Life Matter. I thought that was really cool. I think that should also be a, another spinoff that should take like off that. because it's a very personal, you know, mm-hmm. statement to yourself that you can remind yourself when you get up in the morning that my Black Life Matters. Right. It's so easy to put yourself in the big sea of all these other people. and But the social movement really starts with self-love. That's true. You know, before you can jump out and advocate for that, you know, and I think that's why mental health, and I'm okay. sure you guys are touching on that and what you do, mm-hmm. but mental health and the Black community go hand in hand. And I think that that's a statement just... I think that that was a really cool way to say that my black yes. life matters to just give people that self-confidence in your own black skin because some of us are very dark and the darker you get right you know the more self-conscious you can feel about right. your blackness and that's something that people don't talk about a lot um so yes my black life matters your black life matters and you should feel comfortable in your skin tone absolutely i love that that like that really just hit me i'm about to make a yeah. shirt right now i've been making shirts <laughs> you know, all week i'm about to make that. <laughs> right right yeah that's, um, that's that's deep but i was curious have uh any of you watched the BET awards it just aired sunday you know what that was it was so well done this oh, year <laughs> it was the best awards and it, the funny thing is, is that there were it was like everybody did their own thing it wasn't like they were at an uh, an actual venue exactly but everybody performed like everything was so powerful statements about black lives yes it was 
every performance. Yes. I don't know if they, if BET had a hand in how these performances were done right. or taped, but it was just so, it was so empowering to watch. I was so happy. Like, I haven't liked yeah. the BET Awards for the past four years because I just felt yeah. like they were kind of taking it in a direction that I didn't really like. It wasn't very empowering anymore. Like, right. old BET was like, oh yeah, BET Awards are like that, but then they started yeah. bearing too far left. They brought it back. Yeah, like, they I was so back. proud. And then just to see all the organizations sprite McDonald's, Burger King, See, uh, Procter and Gamble I'm just standing right up here. and saying yeah. Black Lives Matter and we support and we're endorsing BET uh, so y'all can have yes. Black news and have Black culture and have Black entertainment. I was like, Psh, hands down, this was the best awards I've, I've seen See? in a while. <laughs> that's, a, that's a positive sign right there. I'm telling y'all, like, when you have all these investors coming in, like the Sprites and McDonald's and mm-hmm. You know, that means that our voices are actually being heard. It may not be in the White House right now, but we have tons of other companies, big companies that are willing to invest in us. And that is a win right now. I would definitely say that's the win. Absolutely. And so I want to veer off into the topic of because you touched on it earlier and then um, I wanted to expand on it because you talked about being change agents. And um, one of the topics today is how to improve our own community, because I do definitely believe that it starts within our community. And so uh, the panelists earlier talked about how you have to start small. Like often we want to take two giant steps, but we have to start small. Like, first of all, stop the segregation within our own community. Light skin, dark skin, I don't care what you are. Stop the segregation because it does not matter. We are both black sisters. I love you equally. I have no shame in saying, hey, sis, you are beautiful. Like, I don't care. Like, I, I'm just that type of person. I will approach you and say that because. See, I, thank you I'm, again for saying. No problem. This is what, <laughs> this is exactly what we talked about. We, we can be racist. Black people can be racist. Yes, towards our and, own. Yeah, towards our own first. Mm-hmm. First. And then it goes out into not liking but yeah we need to talk about being racist towards each other i think that that's that's a problem that sits even back in the slave time the slavery days um with the brown paper bag just you know if you weren't as light or as fair skinned you weren't i guess received or liked by your slave master whatever you know whatever reasoning or rationale that is it kind of has trickled down into today's um culture you know beauty is about fair skin beauty is about how white do you appear on the surface but then again there's also another racist thing that we do towards each other like if you aren't black enough if you are if you try to act like a white person and you're black we can be racist towards each other about that exactly inside out oreo (laughs) you see how it works it works both ways it's ridiculous (laughs) man and you look at movies and you look at TV shows and mm-hmm. I didn't realize it's a, I got grown but you look back and you always see they have a dark skinned male but it was usually the love interest would be a light skinned woman like exactly. one of my favorite shows Martin you got yeah. Gina and Bill, Bill Cosby you mm-hmm. got you know it's Felicia right there and so you look at a lot of a, you know what we claim is ours mm-hmm. they have some colorism going on too yeah. and so that's why I'm forgetting the name of it, but it was a movie that just came out with African Americans. It was so good. It was a dark skinned male mm-hmm. and a dark skinned woman. And it was mm-hmm. like love. It was love there. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out to 
all shades of melody. Yes. We love you all. Yes. Right. Period. Hashtag black love. <laughs> okay. Yes, come on. Okay. I look, okay. I don't know. Y'all don't know me personally, personally, <laughs> but after this, y'all will know me personally, personally. Because I will <laughs> yeah. keep in touch with y'all. But I preach black love all the time. Like I'm a single woman. I've been single for like the past two years. And so for for me, black love is so important because my my parents have been married. 25 years my favorite show is a different world and you know that love story that flourished out of that show and so for me i'm like i'm i'm purposely staying single because for me black love is so important like i want to cherish and love and uplift a black king period and i want the same in return and until god taps me on the shoulder and be like sis go get yours i'm going to stay (laughs) okay because i've acted out of turn too many times and for me i want a nice black man a nice wholesome black man period i don't care who gets mad at me for saying that i am proud to say that and it's not to be racist too because you know interracial relationships i mean love is love at the end of the day but I just want people to feel comfortable being in a black relationship because we really, sometimes I feel like it's more uncomfortable to be in a black relationship than it is to be in an interracial. I don't understand why that is. And I think it's the way the society makes it. Because again, when you turn on the TV, when you hear how people think, or just when people share their thoughts about black love, Mm -hmm. sometimes it comes out as it's not as important or significant because that's the way that we play it to be. And we have so many issues in the black household that I think it's worth investing in molding relationships in a healthy manner so that we can continue to produce healthy children, black children in in society. And it starts with home first, with two people that are in love with each other, that support each other, that, um, you know, that can produce um, educated and, and well offspring. Absolutely. I think that's the whole premise behind supporting Black love, I guess. Absolutely. So continue to produce Black children. Absolutely. And that goes back into how we can improve our own community and just, it yeah. starts at home. That period, point blank, if you teach your kids to love, they will exude love. Like, I was literally, okay, I'm probably the most loving out of my family because I just love love and everything to do with love. But I literally exude love. Like I grew up seeing love. I grew up being taught, like I I grew up in a church. So like, I just was like, okay, this is what I'm going to embody. That was my choice. Some people, like some things are taught, some things are caught that nurture versus nature is real. I'm not going to say I was always like this, but it does start at home. And then, you know, once you go out into the world, however you choose to take what you learned and exude it is up to you. But I do encourage people, if you want to improve your own community, start by teaching your kids to love first. Whether you're white, black, Asian, Hispanic, teach love, preach love. Churches, I'm talking to you too. Because oftentimes we don't preach it. Like we just Uh, think people know. And that's not true. We need to start preaching it more. It needs to be said more. Because the more you say it, the more it will get in your spirit. So it starts in your own community. Whether you go to a small church, a huge church. If you live in a low income uh, family, a high income family. I don't care. It starts at home. Make the best of what you have. Show love spread love, exude love, and then we can go out into our communities and teach the same thing. And then, you know, help out our fellow brothers and sisters. Just like, uh, I forgot which way you said it, but how the recent immersion of just all this um, Black networking, Black Wall Street is coming back, all that stuff. Yes. So we gotta, we gotta get back to that. 
Definitely. Even most, most definitely. You, you, you hit the nail on the head right there. Like, it all starts um, at home. And we, you know, we need to start treating each other as fellow kings and queens and mm-hmm. brothers and sisters. And when we see each other, don't allow, like, the media, like, I'm um, walking past another black person. Like, I'm, I'm kind of scared. Man, yeah. no. always, you know, always be aware. But, you know, I've been even more active, like, whenever, you know, I walk in the park and I see any person, but especially another uh, king or queen, you know, mm-hmm. I give them the head nod. Or right, head you know. <laughs> up or down, depending on how old they are, I mm-hmm. give them the head up or the head down nod. Mm-hmm. And so, man, and then another step in the right direction of, you know, increasing the black community is what we're doing now. Yeah. And that's networking. Like, we're not in competition with one another. No. We're collaborating. And, like, all the, and I just want to publicly tell y'all thank you. Like, all the love that we have shown each other, like, on in the Facebook groups and sharing yes. posts and inviting each other on the shows. Like, this is a tangible next step, specifically for the creators and the podcast yes. out there. Like, just because somebody else you don't have to dim somebody else's light just mm-hmm. so yours can shine better because period. we're better together. So, exact period to that, man. So, yes, yeah, so a step in the right direction is collaborating, um, networking, and then also, you know, just valuing our own lives, like looking mm-hmm. out for one another and mm-hmm. being there for one another. So, it starts at home. Let's collaborate. Let's network. Let's throw aside this crab in the barrel mentality. Yes. First, when they get to the top and almost get out, another crab pull them down. Let's yes. put all that down because that's been, if we're going to keep it, keep it real, as Brandon said earlier, a lot of this stuff was instilled in us like it was slavery time. And they would have us fighting against one another because they were afraid of our solidarity. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to say, let's stay together, y'all. Yeah. One thing my mom taught me, my mom always told me and my brother when we were younger, when I think this was around the time Barack Obama was president, she always say, don't blame your failures, your faults, whatever, on the white man. Like, mm-hmm. take responsibility for yourself and don't try to put it on the past on history Uh yes it did exist yes these things are a part of our journey as black people Uh but you have to take ownership and responsibility for who you are today and nobody can take your pride and your integrity from you and you have to act that way you have to act as if you are paving the way for the future and that's where it starts you know with improving our community it starts with taking initiative for the decisions that you make today because mm-hmm. you can't hold the past you can't hold the white man accountable right. for your poor decision making right. and so that also speaks to some of the poor decision making that we do do as black men sometimes yes. we do go out in public and we we commit crimes Mm -hmm. and I do believe that the justice system is supposed to keep things in check but what I'm saying is is that before we go outside kind of check up with your mental health because that's a part Mm -hmm. of that mental health you know a lot of the times that these black men get caught up in these um police brutality scenes is because they don't have mental health checks right and we don't have resources in our community. Not enough people can go to counseling to get the help that they need. And so mental health needs to be a conversation within the black community so that we can prevent these kinds of things from happening. Right. So that's just something to add on to it, you know, mental health. And that will improve the community, I think. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you mentioned mental health because, as I said mm-hmm. earlier, I'm an educator as well as a social worker. Yeah. Um, I'm planning to do my private practice. Um, and so for me, I feel like black health is often stigmatized um, mm-hmm. and people look at it as if it's a bad thing. And I just did my last podcast um, about mental health and how yes. important it is because mental mm-hmm. health does not mean you have issues. Mental health, everybody has mental health. That's just how well 
your mind is health like how healthy is your mind period that's all mental health is now if i say you have a mental health illness then that means you might need to go see a psychiatrist or go to a a um a hospital for psychiatry or something of that nature but just because i say hey have you tried talking to a therapist it really helps I go to therapy. I am a therapist. So I wouldn't be preaching something that I don't believe in myself. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, mental health is bad and this, that, and third. Because oftentimes I know this is going to be touchy for some people, but mental health and religion often clash. Because I know growing up for me, I was always taught, like, just pray about it. Just pray about it. Just pray about it. Like, that's great, sis. I believe God will fix it. But at the same time, he put therapists on this earth for a reason, just like he put dentists and doctors and lawyers and police officers on this earth. So why are you discouraging me from wanting to help myself? Period. And so I, I love that you keep mentioning mental health. Thank I'm you for saying such, that. Of course. I'm such a mental health mm-hmm. advocate. And so that really just hit home for me and that's a great way to improve your community yeah. so all your social workers out there please please help your community go ahead um brandon but no we can't we can't say that enough there's not enough being said actually i feel like that should be the period in every conversation we have about the black community mm-hmm. period or do comma mental mm-hmm. health period <laughs> because it is yeah it is so it's such a and again, a lot of our mental health issues do stem, again, I do tie it to our past. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how some of these generational things pass down to us, mm-hmm. whether it be the way the black man views the world, and it's just kind of like displaced on our people, whether right. we know it or whether we like it or not. Right. It is displaced on us. Mm-hmm. And so sifting through those emotions, sifting through those behaviors that we act out, maybe not intentionally, but that's just because psychologically has what has been done to us from our past. Mm-hmm. It's important that we are in a healthy environment where we can discuss some of those things that are affecting us because we are emotionally, right. a lot of us are emotionally distraught. And I also um, have sought counseling. Okay. I have introduced counseling to my, my brother when he was going through a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally here to offer it to any other person that I can, because that's why, like you said, that's what they are paid to do is to help right. you talk. And if you feel comfortable talking to a black psychologist, find a black psychologist. They have Go to psychologist psychologists. They have Christian psychologists, black yeah. psychologists. They have it all. Right. Just do the Definitely. research. <laughs> that's I'm, all so, it I'm takes. so glad y'all, I'm so glad y'all brought that up, man. Cause as a pastor, I believe in the Bible. I believe in miracles. I believe in prayer. Mm-hmm. But I like to say it like this, pray and go to counseling, Thank man. You. Sometimes, you know, it may seem sacrilegious to say it, but it's not, but like pray, sometimes prayer is not enough. Like that's like the first step. Mm-hmm. I give you an example. Like if I got a headache, you know, the first thing I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to pray for it. Right. If the, if the headache continues, I might need to get some Advil. <laughs> okay. Then, okay. And if the yeah. headache continues, I'm going to seek professional help yes. and go to the hospital. Because yes. you said it just, and I hate it when people, you know, when you're dealing with mental health, they say, well, just cheer up. It's like, it's like going to you, Brandon, and, and let's say you hurt your arm. And I'm like, feel better. That does not make any sense. And so that's why I believe that, I mean, it's a whole other topic, so I'm just going to be brief on this, but that's why I believe that self-care is so important. Yes. And I know you didn't ask for this, but I'm going to give you this. But for those that listen out there, sometimes self-care, especially in this season, looks like unfollowing and unfriending. Okay. Okay. That's good. Okay. Period, point. But I literally had to do that 
since we've been in quarantine, I have deleted, blocked, got rid of a lot of people because I, one thing I always pray for, and I know I'm getting off topic real quick, so I'm going to be brief, mm-hmm. but one thing I always pray for is for God to reveal to me who's for me and who's against me and remove those who are against me so that I can move forward with my life because you're not about to bring me down because I have a calling and I know what my calling is purpose is so I'm going to walk in it and live in it which is why I started this platform so other black voices can be heard so other black people could be uplifted so my youth that I have a passion for can see that she's doing it so why can't I period and that's all I'm going to say on that <laughs> maybe I need to go ahead and have that prayer with God because I feel like it's a whole lot of people around me that shouldn't be connected to me you mm-hmm. know because you only go as far as who you surround yourself around mm-hmm and I'm in a season right now where I probably should need to talk to God about that. Back to what Paul said, there's a scripture, you know, in the Bible, it says that faith without works is dead. Yes. So when you think about making change, you know, you can pray. You okay. can definitely pray. That's a seed that you're sowing into the ground. Yes. But God responds to our action. Yes. You know, it's biblical. It says in the word, you know, we have to act in response to our faith. And a part of that response is being willing to get up out of the bed, apply for a job. Yes. Just like you pray for the job, you got to apply for the it. job to yep. get the job. Yep. You know, so that's also important too. You know, I think a lot of us are lazy. Yeah. And that's just, we yeah. got to, we got to come on. We got to yeah. be better than that. Get up, yes. get out. We are talking about we waiting on God, but in a lot of cases, God waiting on us. Okay. Right. So I feel like God has a part and we have a part. Exactly. We can't we can't do God part, but God ain't gonna do our part either. And exactly. Brandon, you hit on something right there, man. Faith, a lot of people think faith is waiting, but faith mm-hmm. is really Mm-mm. waiting with an active way. Faith is in motion. Like faith is not faith until you're in motion and obeying exactly. God. You can really start unpacking this and I probably will have y'all both on again on a, a topic can. about religion because I feel like it's so important, especially in the black community, to talk about faith and, and religion and, you know, all that goes into that in the black community and how we're raised, because I think a lot of us are raised in the church and some of us veer off, some of us don't. Um, but I think churches, since we're talking about it, I think churches are a prime example of how we can improve our own communities as well. Because as long as they're leading, like Dr. Martin Luther King was a, a pastor. He led his community. And so if our pastors would lead our community and send, uh, spread out that love and just encourage people to uh, help one another instead of put each other down and, and just stay out of it. Like a lot of people just feel like they should stay out of it. And that's not the answer. This day and age, staying out of it is being a detriment to your community. That is get it. involved. Please get involved. Churches, uh, nonprofits, social workers, I don't care. Get involved because that is how you're going to uplift and build and improve your community. Start yeah. social policy. Start your own movement. If you don't like the movement that's happening now, start another one and improve it. Like that's, it's all about reform. It's all about justice. It's all about fighting against injustice. As long as we all have the same common goal, we will yeah. reach justice. It might take a while, but we will reach the goal. And so, um, yeah, so I'm just going to veer into the topic of how do we fight against injustice for those people who might feel like just staying out of it. Well, well, I think we've already mentioned ways, you know, reform. Mm -hmm. Um, 
also, you know, it, protesting can only go so far. I'm just mm-hmm. going to be honest with everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets a thrill. It's exciting. It's exhilarating. It's, you know, we get to go in the streets and burn stuff. That's fun. But after the burning is done, we need to reform. Mm-hmm. We need to come together. And, um, but really with just the, the question itself, fighting against injustice, mm-hmm. you know, is what we're doing right now. We first need to communicate. We, we, we assume certain things about people the way they think about us. Right. Um, and we hold that to a standard that may not necessarily be true. Mm-hmm. So maybe talk to someone that you feel may be racist towards you. Mm-hmm. Just have a conversation with someone. Paul, you you ain't afraid to do that. You sit down and talk to somebody and they come, <laughs> like you did the other day on your, one of your episodes. So if we have the courage to be like Paul and sit down with people that, you know, have different views from us, or we feel like you're are racist towards us mm-hmm. um you know do that what's what's the harm in doing that they right. can the, the worst that they can do is say something that may hurt us or right say something hurtful right you know but i think that there is um a statement in sitting down at the table with people that don't think like us yes right that's that's good and america that's such a great question like yeah. if I was to like boil it out in three ways to add to what's already been said it's number one is to educate yourself on what's going on and it's something that I continue to do like see what organizations are you know making a fight and maybe you could volunteer your time or maybe you can donate or maybe you can use your social media to to bring more um, exposure to those organizations that are, that are fighting fighting the fight yeah. and also they involved I mean, and I know it's 2020 and it's a presidential election, but, and, and that's important, but mm-hmm. vote locally, like in your city, mm-hmm. in your county, in your state and federal, like the judges, the police, um, uh, the chief, the chief police, like vote yes. on these local things that sometimes, you know, if the right person is in place locally, they can affect change a little bit more quickly mm-hmm. than somebody that's on like the federal level. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I would say like you, like y'all are already doing this to use your voice when I say y'all talking to Brandon and Miracle, and I want to encourage the listeners to do the same thing, but use your voice, use your platform, and your platform could be your social media, mm-hmm. it could be your blog, it could be your podcast, it could be your ministry, your job, but use your platform and use your voice to continue to speak out against. So we just we just can't be silent. We no. can't be silent. No, not the time for silence at all. And I think both of you hit the nail on the head. I always encourage people, like I said, to speak out and speak up and converse, like have those conversations. They might be tough, but one thing that I did learn in undergrad, because that's a whole nother story. But one thing I did learn in undergrad (laughs) is that conversations are needed. We literally had this um, forum one time in my social work class. It was like, eight o'clock at night everybody was dead tired I was like why are we here and so my professor he said we're doing something different tonight he put all the black people in the front of the classroom because we all sat in the back of the classroom don't know why it just was our preference we sat in the back of the classroom and this bald-headed white man is telling us to move up to the front of the room and we're like what sir what no and so he tells us to move and puts all the white people in the back and tells them to shut up he said, plain as that, he said, white people, we have to shut up and listen. It was the most powerful experience I've had in undergrad because here is this, this white man telling us to speak out and have the conversation because a lot of people 
don't want to have the conversation. They don't want to address the truth. They don't want to see what's really going on. And so for him to really separate us like that and tell us to speak our truth to these white people in the back of the classroom, it was it was very moving. And so I say all that to say that we need more town halls. We need more discussions. We need more platforms where we can have... Um, you know, different perspectives, both sides, because I'm not one to sit here and advocate for just one side. I want to hear from conservatives, liberals, radicals, Democrats, Republicans, I don't care, independents. I'm not one-sided. I'm not, we are all complex individuals. So I'm not going to sit here and debate you on one thing because I need to, like you said, educate myself about what's going on. I need to know everything. So I, I would like to have more forums like this and talk about how you feel or how you see black people because we could talk all day long about how we see ourselves but how do you see us because you're the majority how do you see me because at the end of the day y'all are running the right white house right now so i need to know what you feel i need to know i need to have this conversation and so i could change your perspective because all black people are not the same just like all officers are not are not bad all white people are not racist and i think that's just something all in itself that can be unpacked in a, in another episode and so yeah i just i love that y'all hit on all these different points and y'all continued y'all weren't negative and that's what i love like despite you know all the the feelings that we may have about life and society we were not negative we continue to uplift our people we continue to uplift mm-hmm. each other just now and just, I, I just, I can't. I, that's I'm because bored. we all sing. <laughs> mm, that's that why. Come on. Because there's some people, you can get some other kinds of people, trust me, mm-hmm. that, that are very vocal. And that's okay, too. Yeah. You know, but my platform, my podcast show is uplifting in a way. But, you know, even meeting Paul, he kind of gives me an edge because mm-hmm. his style is a little bit more opinionated. Mm-hmm. And so I think you should be opinionated, but you should season that with grace, though, too, mm-hmm. because we're also called to be a witness for Christ. Yeah. So I think that, that just having that in the back of my mind and just in general is very helpful yeah. when talking about very difficult topics like this one. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's very controversial. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I always acknowledge that I always brief people I'm like if this is not for you then mm-hmm. please baby step aside because I'm one I'm very vocal I was telling uh, Paul yeah. earlier I used, I'm, I'm a very shy person but I felt like I haven't had a voice for so long and mm-hmm. now I'm kind of coming into my own and I'm like I'm not going to shut up because who are you to tell me to shut up I am okay. a vessel being yeah. used and if I can shed some light and be the light for people who are only seeing darkness I will do that period I am not shutting up for anybody anymore because I've done that too long and so I just I think that's very important to just speak up speak out and and do your thing like have your opinions I'm not gonna get your opinion I just want to hear it just Oh. <laughs> yeah, use your voice. I think that's the the whole message behind it is that, like you, I'm shy too, but this voice that you have is so powerful, and this tool that we have is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Being able to broadcast through, I'm using Anchor right now. Um, that's a way to get it out. Yeah. You know, it's 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 making it. You can get 
You can get this word on Spotify. You can get it on Apple Podcasts. You can get it everywhere, wherever you get a podcast. And that's, you know, that's why I'm so thankful for the digital era that we're in right now and being millennials that we are, is that we have these tools to our advantage to be able to send a message to the world. And I think that's something great that we can utilize in our back pockets. Absolutely. And so I just want to close out by saying, first of all, if you you have any last words, Paul or Brandon, if y'all have any last words, go ahead and say it. But also uh, for the listeners out there, you know where to find me at truly beautiful.pc on Instagram, as well as yours underscore truly and trooper LLC all on Instagram or find me on Facebook, Miracle Deja. We have an event coming up. I'll tell y'all this too. I have an event coming up with um, my organization, Trooper LLC. We're hosting a showcase, a virtual showcase where I have a bunch of performers coming, logging in on Zoom to showcase their talents, just to spread some light and uplift the people in this time where people are kind of feeling down. And so they're just going to use their gifts and talents and share it with the world. And so I'm excited. That's July 12th um, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central Time. So stay tuned for that. And if you could tell the people where to follow you again, uh, what podcast you are hosting, and just any last words you have. Yeah, most definitely, man. Thanks once again for having us. And I would just say, man, use use your voice or like a, something just been hitting in my spirit is like kind of shoot your shot. Man, whatever the thing is that God has been like stirring in your heart, it could be a blog, it could be a YouTube channel, it could be a podcast, it could be a business. Like yeah. God is so good, He can make you prosper in the midst of the pandemic. So yeah. to keep it succinct, man, whatever that thing is that God is stirring in your heart, don't wait on the quote unquote right time. There's never a right time to right. So just like Nike says, just do it. And yeah, I'm Paul Calco, um, yeah, the host of Real People Real Talk. And so you can find my Instagram at Paul W Calco. Calco to spell C A L C O T E. Uh, so yeah, that's me, man. Bless y'all. Yes, thank you so much for having us on. Um, my message that I want to give to the listeners is: don't ever give up on yourself. Don't ever see yourself as a statistic. Um, if you are a black male and you're listening to this podcast know that we are supporting you we are praying for you and every black female that you are not um underappreciated we appreciate all the sacrifices that you give to bring us into this world and you are kings and queens so if you're listening to this podcast right now know that you inspire the world to keep spinning you are the heartbeat behind everything that goes on in this country so don't feel like you don't matter that your voice doesn't matter use your voice in this time that we're living in and magnify what you believe is the right thing to share with the world so my podcast is exactly that i love to bring people on the show to discuss um your journey through life what your testimony is that you want to share with people that can help other people that are in similar situations um that's what the podcast show is inspiration with brendan and i'm so excited to have this opportunity to share with you guys who are also starting out like myself so let's keep it moving let's continue on this journey together and support each other absolutely that was well said by both parts and so it's been real B people always keep it real always keep it raw and stay true to yourself this is truly beautiful podcast it's been real love y'all Mwah. peace <laughs>